0: Hello, my name is Adrian Goldberg and welcome to the Byline Times podcast. The Byline Times, it's what the papers don't say, what radio doesn't report and what telly doesn't tell you. This time, after Partygate, before Sue Gray. Reflections on the curious case of a Prime Minister found to have broken the laws that he made over Covid, and who it emerges now, was also present at a leaving due that at least one other person was fined for attending, but for which there was no punishment of Boris Johnson himself. Questions abound about the health of our democracy when a proven liar can cling to power, where the police appear to be acting with a considerable degree of inconsistency to to say the least, and where the senior civil servant charged with getting to the bottom of the whole affair can be summoned for a meeting with her boss, the PM, the man whose behaviour she's investigating. Let's hear now from Hadeep Matharu, the editor of Byline Times, and first, Adam Bienkoff, political editor and chief Westminster correspondent of the Byline Times.
1: Morning, Adrian. Yes, it's, it's been another bizarre week already, and we're only on Tuesday. Um <laughs> You know, I, I think people are still sort of reeling from the decision of the uh, Metropolitan Police not to investigate, uh, not to investigate Boris Johnson for attendance at some of these parties, not to find him, particularly given the release of of those photos yesterday showing him clearly at a party for which we understand he was not even sent a questionnaire to to ask him about. It's very hard to. understand why that might be and indeed trying to understand the decision-making process of the Metropolitan Police generally is like trying to practice an advanced form of criminology you know it's such a ludicrously opaque organization and it's made a series of what from the outside appear to be completely contradictory and sort of unfathomable decisions uh, throughout this this scandal you know initially in December they refused to investigate at all despite all of the evidence that everybody had seen of law breaking Downing Street And then there there was the questionable timing of when they eventually launched the investigation, uh, just before the Sue Gray report was due to be published and therefore delayed Sue Gray's report. And then their decision to fine Johnson for what appears to have been the least controversial of all the events that were under investigation, the the birthday cake event, but not to fine him for what we now can see with our own eyes were very obvious parties with lots of alcohol, um, while at the same time finding more junior members of staff for attending those same events that Johnson somehow avoided. So it's very hard to understand why that was, but I think we can sort of assume a couple of things are, are going on here. Um, the first is that Johnson and, and sort of other senior members of the government, senior members of civil service, would have had access to very good lawyers. Um, who have been able to advise them on the best responses to avoid a fine or whether to indeed to respond at all uh, to the questionnaires that they were sent, whereas younger members of staff um, wouldn't have had access to that and also would have already confessed a lot of what happened to Sue Gray um, when she was uh, writing her report without knowing at that point that that information would then be passed on to the police. Um, And so that, that could explain part of it. However, the problem with this explanation is that we... We know that Johnson wasn't even sent a questionnaire for some of these events that we now see that he, he attended, whereas others who did attend were sent questionnaires and were fined. And it's hard to how hard to kind of square that with the evidence. So I think that the, that does sort of leads to another conclusion, which is that the, the Metropolitan Police must have been put under some sort of pressure not to to give Johnson a fine, or indeed not to even investigate him for some of these events. And um, obviously, that's part. Of the, that would be legalistic pres- pressure. Uh, we know that you know, he had access to good lawyers who would have pressured them not to do so. But also, it's hard to n- not suspect that there may have been some political pressure here as well. Um, you know, even throughout the course of this investigation, there were stories in, in various papers quoting allies of the prime minister saying, warning the police to back off of their investigation. And that's what we saw publicly. What we don't know is what was said privately and there is, there's been other examples here that the Times r- reports um, today that Johnson personally tried to pressure Sue Gray into abandoning her inquiry. or well, was similar pressure exerted on the Metropolitan Police and was that pressure um, successful? Um, and I think if, if, if evidence does emerge that the Prime minister sort of personally leaned on senior figures at the Metropolitan Police, I think that could be an even bigger scandal than Johnson's involvement in the parties themselves.
0: Yeah. And uh, Hardeep, of course, Sue Gray is the senior civil servant charged with investigating the, the entire Partygate affair. For many days, allies, ministers, uh, allies of Boris Johnson, ministers were indignant at the suggestion that he had summoned her. But now it appears that, in fact, Boris Johnson was the person who initiated the meeting between himself and... And Sue Gray, it wasn't at her request, it was at his.
2: Yeah, indeed, Adrian. And just as everything that Adam has highlighted, I mean, it's hard not to see what has happened as a stitch-up. You know, we haven't had the Sue Gray report yet, and we don't know, you know how Johnson will react to that. I think it's very unlikely that he will resign, regardless of these photographs coming out and how bad they look. But, you know, and I usually I'd hesitate to say that it looks like a stitch up. You know, as a journalist, as an editor, we're always, you know, we, we don't want to speculate. We go on evidence uh, and we look at the facts and what can be adduced from them. But as Adams pointed out, in this sort of whole scandal, the evidence sort of uh, strongly suggests that there has been uh, sort of collusion between members of the Prime Minister's team. Uh, civil servants, probably unwillingly, uh, Sue Gray, uh, the pressure that's been applied to her, this meeting that you point out that uh, jo- Johnson wanted, and it has apparently tried to uh, convince her not to publish a report at all. And then the third element being the media, you know, the Daily Mail's front page of this morning mentions nothing of this photograph that emerged of Johnson at Lee Kane's leaving party, uh, you know, toasting him with a drink. Many of the other front pages of the newspapers uh, do carry that story. The Daily Mail hasn't. Uh, the Daily Mail has also been at the centre of uh, the, these briefings against Sue Gray, saying that you know she in, has been enjoying the limelight a bit too much, casting doubt over her integrity, even though uh, you know weeks and weeks and months have been spent on ensuring us that she's absolutely the right person for the job. So it's in all these ways, the police, uh, the Number Ten and the media, how these elements have come together to get us to the point where, as Adam points out, that picture, which clearly shows Boris Johnson at a party with a drink, surrounded by drink, surrounded by party food and other people. He hasn't been fined for that. He wasn't even sent a questionnaire for that. The Metropolitan Police can't or won't explain why he wasn't fined, but junior members of staff were. And so all of this is just the perception of it is that something is is being stitched up. And, and that's the real worry, I think. I mean, the public yeah. are not stupid. They will see that.
0: Yeah. And Hardeep, the other main right wing tabloid, The Sun, does have a picture of Johnson on its front Mm. page, but it isn't their lead story And virtually every other newspaper, including The Daily Star, which these days goes Mm -hmm. out of its way to avoid politics when it can, has this as its lead story, Mm. including as well some right wing broadsheets like The Times and The Telegraph. But significant, I think, that the Mail ignores the story on its front page the sun very much downplays it. And the Byline Times was born out of a concern about the, the connection between politicians, the press, and the police. And if if anybody wants to explore that nexus, this is a great moment to do it, I would suggest.
2: Mm, unfortunately, yes. It's just another case in point of all those elements coming together and i think this you know this real lawlessness uh not just the perception of it but the reality of it at the heart of the government and you know we have done a lot of work on byline times and you know even before the paper began peter Jukes, our co-founder you know all the way through the phone hacking scandal to now uh this sort of vote leave government that we have uh you know, led by Johnson and Michael Gove. Of course, they were head of the Vote Leave campaign with Dominic Cummings, which was found guilty of breaking electoral rules. So right the way through, uh, we've seen this sort of merger of journalism and, uh, you know, high, high-tier high politics. And I think, yeah, what is playing out now is, is another example of that and another example of why at Byline Times, we, you know, our, our, you know we're very clear that The established media, the right wing tabloids, have a huge amount of influence uh, over over our lives in this country, you know, because they have a huge amount of influence over politicians and they're, uh, they're a huge power block in their own right. And, you know, if that's not scrutinized, then we're ending up in the situations that we're in.
0: Yeah, well, let us not forget that Leveson 2, which was the planned inquiry into the connection between the police, the press and politicians, was scrapped by the then Conservative Prime Minister Theresa May. Many people believe because there was a trade-off in terms of those same newspapers supporting her at the time in her leadership, but she called off the attack dogs of Leveson 2, which would have got into that really messy and very, close relationship between certain press barons the police and the top politicians in this country so it's just always worth I think flying a flag for Leveson too and there's a previous episode of the podcast if you want to go back and listen to that and find out all about Leveson 2, why it was canned and what it might have discovered. Adam as each day goes by I mean one ceases to be amazed at the Teflon ability of Boris Johnson, or the apparent Teflon ability of Boris Johnson—the sense that the public don't really care about these things, that these things won't stick to him, but it, it must, mustn't it? And people seen well, okay. seen photographs, like the one that, in fairness, ITV—we should credit them—the photograph that ITV leaked from this party—that the public, they're not stupid.
1: I think, it, it, I think if you look at the polls, it clearly has stuck. Yes, the prime minister is still in the job and he clearly has no shame. And will, there is, as Hadeep says, there's very little chance that he will resign no matter what comes out. That is not the same as saying that he has survived and, and got away with it. If you look at the opinion polls, there has been a collapse in his approval ratings. Um, there was a slight recovery to those uh, at the start of the Ukraine war, but that, even that has now faded away. And he's now he's now deeply distrusted by the public, not only on sort of the sort of bare sort of approval ratings, but also the Conservative Party polling. They've been consistently below Labour for some time now, and also in all the sort of uh, the other measures of of public support. Do you trust the government? Do you trust them on the economy? Uh, On on a whole range of issues, they're they're far behind. So I do think it has had a big impact, but of course it hasn't had the impact where it needs to be which is on conservative MPs to who ultimately in the first instance uh, are able to uh, make the decision on his future and as things stand the threshold that needs to be reached before we can have a before uh, they can have a vote on the leadership hasn't been reached uh, it could still happen but it's been some time now and i think some letters have been withdrawn a few more have gone in we're sort of still sort of stuck in sort of no man's land on that really
2: maybe they will think that he could ride out even the next week in the Sue Gray report. Uh, He hasn't been fined in in addition to the one fine he received. But I guess the question is, to what extent will the MPs realise that Johnson's toxicity will spread to the entire party and take them all down with him potentially? It's really interesting that we're all sort of we're all being held hostage. And as Adam said, there is nothing in the system and there is nothing that can, in this situation that we find ourselves in, where a prime minister has broken the law, lied to parliament uh, and still remains in position, there's nothing. We are reliant on the conservative MPs uh, around him. It's an extraordinary situation, really, in these are normal times.
0: Hardeep Matharu, and before that, Adam Bienkov. My name's Adrian Goldberg, and you've been listening to the Byline Times podcast. If you like what we do, please support our work. You can take out a subscription to our brilliant monthly newspaper, The Byline Times, by going to our website where you'll find more details. That's at bylinetimes.com. And if you do take out a subscription, you're not only getting a great newspaper edited by Hardeep, you're supporting Byline TV, Byline Radio, and this podcast as well and if you have already done so thank you i'll see you again soon cheers